0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to part two of the Finnegan Elder and Gabriel Natale story in Italy. Um, I am back and I hope that you're kind of getting something out of this episode. I wasn't going to record it right now because I've been feeling really sick today, which I think is part of my condition. And I'm getting really paranoid about this thing in my neck. And I hate to talk about myself, but I'm like literally on my own most of the time. Um, and because I live by myself and I'm getting a bit like I'm starting to like tell myself that it's something that I don't even know it is for another three weeks, um, because of like symptoms that I have and things like that. Um, so I never really believe in like anything religious or anything like that. But when things have been really bad in my life, I've always prayed. And then I've kind of thought, oh, well, God doesn't care if there is a God because I've stopped believing in that when, you know, I was probably about 12 years old. But if you believe in those things, Things, can I ask you to do that for me? Um, It sounds really lame, but yeah. So, this is part two. It won't be as long as part one. I could have included it all in it, but I started to feel really sick when I was recording that last night. So, I'm back with another one. I'm recording this at 1 a.m., which is why my voice is kind of low. And I meant to say at the start of this episode, um, this part one, that we've been to Italy before and that's why I haven't talked about Italy a ton because we went there way back. I think it's episode three that I did. I haven't looked, but I remember the case really well because I recently looked up if there's any movement, even though it's been like 20 years. Um, Matthew Mullaney, he was an American that went missing in Florence. He left a pub and was never seen again. And it's a really strange case because he's listed as kind of like a wanted person with Interpol, which is... Is really strange. I personally don't think that he survived. I think he fell into the river in Florence, but um, it's an interesting case to go back to and listen to because I've noticed that my earlier episodes, probably because I wasn't very confident, I think people aren't um, listening to a lot of those. Um, yeah, so I, I talked a lot slower and things then, which isn't very me, but I was getting used to talking to no one, which I'd never done before. So yesterday I made a few mistakes and I want to clarify them. At the start, I said it was episode 88. It's not, it's episode 89. Um, I also said Gabriel was 19 when this happened. He wasn't, he was 18. I knew that, but for some reason I read out eight. I read out 19. Um, Also, I really should flesh out what the Carabinieri is. When I listened back to it, I realised that it didn't. It's the Italian military police. And from my memory, the Amanda Knox case, which I don't intend on covering because it's had so much coverage, the Carabinieri were the ones that she was dealing with um, initially from memory. And I also made a mistake about the victim. I said he had a baby, which I will get into in a minute because he doesn't. But I think I'm experiencing like a Mandela effect thing, which is really strange. Now, I'm going to start this episode by talking about who Finnegan Elder killed when he stabbed him 11 times. And I've had time since part one to think about this, read a lot of comments from online, um, people's opinions, which I will read out to you kind of at the end. I'm not the only one who's heated about this case. So Mario Socielli riga he was 35 years old and he was a very recent newlywed. He was married just 43 days before he was murdered by Finnegan Elder. And I say that he was murdered by Finnegan Elder because that's no secret. We all know that he murdered him, whether or not, um, not Finnegan even you know admits it, but it, the argument is whether or not it was self-defense. On June 19th, he married his beloved fiancée, now wife, Rosa Maria Riga, and by July 26, 2019, Mario was dead. Now I said he had a baby, which it 's really strange because I have seen headlines and pictures of them having a new baby, but he didn 't and I said that on the previous one that he was a father, but he was a newlywed, but there was no baby now, one of the strange things is that one of the top searches for Mario and information on him is about his baby, so it 's not just me that has looked for that information, and that 's It's it's just really strange. I spent about three hours last night trying to find evidence that he had a new baby or a little girl, but I literally don't know now. That you know, it's it's just really really weird. And I've had a few instances of things that I knew for certain had happened and hadn't Um, Mandela effects things, although I don't remember Nelson Mandela ever dying in prison. So the two of them unfortunately the perpetrators of this crime got most of the attention which is what happens usually so I know very little about Mario but what I do know about him I will tell you. So they married Rosa and Mario in the Santa Croce di Santa Maria del Corso church which is in Somma Vesuviana near Naples. Now I couldn't even find where he was from Mario but luckily there was a comment on the Daily Mail that said it was someone in Italy who said that he was a Neapolitan, which is what you call someone from Naples. So he was from down that way. Naples is most famous, I guess, for being the center of real authentic Italian food down there. And it's also where you go to visit Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius. And I knew that Neapolitans are pretty like intense people and very loyal people. And that's something that was backed up by this comment that I'll read to you kind of at the end. So the two, Rosa and Mario, then honeymooned in Madagascar. And he had just returned to work from his honeymoon just, I think, about three days before Mario was killed. It's all just (sighs) sliding doors moments where if his honeymoon was a bit longer, he wouldn't have been killed. And if, you know, Finnegan hadn't extended his stay in Rome, he wouldn't have been there to kill him. And it's all just these things that could have been avoided. But someone made the decision to do it. Now, He wore his carabinieri uniform with pride. It has a cap and a sword, which at his funeral, which thousands attended, um, and it was broadcast on national television live. They were placed, you know, over his coffin. There's many pictures of him and you can tell just how proud he was to be a carabinieri and he'd achieved the rank of vice brigadier. I don't know how long he'd been in there because most of the articles talk about Finnegan and Gabriel, unfortunately. Mario had received medals of honor as well. And I think I was just thinking, I'm probably the only person to talk at length about who Mario was. So if there's a journalist out there who's interested in this case, maybe this is like a part of the story that you should tell. According to Sandro Ottaviani, who's the commander of Rome's Piazza Farnese Carabinieri station, where Mario was stationed, he said, quote, Mario was a lovely lad, he never held back at work, and he was a figurehead for the whole district. He always helped everyone. He did voluntary work. He accompanied sick people to Lords and Loreto. Every Tuesday, he went to Termini Station, train station to feed the needy, unquote. Now, these are the places that he accompanied people to are very kind of religious, iconic places that you go to. Um, I think it's Lords or Lourdes. It's what Madonna's daughter's named after. But When I read that, what he did in Rome, he wasn't just a police officer, but in his downtime, he also fed the homeless. And there's a lot of them in Rome because I've been there. He would go to Tamini Station, which is a very central place where people would beg. And I just realized just how much his wife and the community as a whole lost. And again, when I was reading this, it just started to sicken me all over again. Unfortunately, as I said, the perpetrator's lives overshadowed Mario's, and that is all that I have about Mario, although I do have pictures of him and his wife, which I will put on Patreon. So I just wanted to open that with talking about Mario, but now we're going to get into the morning of what the... Men did Finnegan and Gabriel, so they did what they did at around three or four in the morning from memory and we 're in that morning july twenty six two thousand and nineteen and it 's ten fifty five a m and The two men very clearly are in bed or have been in bed, um, and the police bash on their hotel door at the Meridian Hotel near the Piazza del Popolo. The CCTV, as I went over in part one, clearly traces all of these things, so it really wasn't hard to find the two. Now, what Gabriel had done is that he, when Finnegan, had killed Mario with it and they went back to the hotel. The hotel has these things in the ceiling. I've got pictures of it, but they're basically like pop-up ceiling panels and he had put the knife up there, which is a pretty dumb thing to do because it's kind of the first place that these, you know, police would look and the police wouldn't be happy, would they? Because it's one of their own that has been murdered. So they found the knife and they arrested the men and they took their clothes, you know, for evidence because they were clearly just got back into bed. I don't know if Finnegan had blood all over him, but in a wrestle with this police officer that he killed and stabbed 11 times deep down to the handle, which I will discuss later, um, there's no evidence, there's no you know, version of events that he was drenched in blood or anything like that, I have to presume he would have changed. Now, Finnegan called his mum, Leah, um, who's quite the apologist for her son. And he said from the video call, and from what I can tell, he was accompanied or flanked by two other carabinieri. On the video call, according to Leah, he said, quote, mum, it's really, really bad. They're saying that I killed a cop, unquote. And then she says the phone went dead after that. Now, I just wanted to cast your mind back to part one where Finnegan was on a whatsapp texting with his girlfriend after this all happened and he's talking about how he knows he won't come back to America and how things are really really serious and it's very clear in that that he's talking about how he knows he killed someone but now he's playing the innocence card and these you know spoiled little brats pretty much will do that forever. So the two families started making their way to Italy. Um, They're pretty well off. I found out that the part where Gabriel is from, from a comment from someone from that area, um, is pretty much like the OC of Northern California. And all of the kids there who live there or are raised there are just spoiled brats. They started finding Italian lawyers. So I think they had two separate ones for each family. Because obviously, Gabriel's family is thinking he didn't kill anyone, so why is he being arrested? And I will get into that shortly. So, they rang the American Embassy in Rome to figure out how they would visit the boys once they got there. But according to them, and they told ABC News 7 that they tried to lay low during all of this while Rosa Maria Rega buried her husband Mario, who was the victim. I don't have evidence that they lay low or that they didn't, I don't know, but I think they were well aware that one of their sons had killed this man and that he was a newlywed and that was a massive, you know, shock to them because no matter how spoiled the kids are, you don't expect your kid to grow up to be a murderer. So Mario's death, the news was huge in Italy. People were incensed, you know, they were out in like public squares behind journalists, you know, yelling Not really baying for blood, but they were pissed. This was a Rome Roman, you know, Neapolitan, but lived in Rome. Carabinieri, a newlywed, had his whole life ahead of him with his beautiful wife, and he was taken away by these little thugs who weren't even from there. Now the boys were held in separate cells in a jail, which is right in the heart of Rome, and basically that brings us to a picture of. they say it's Gabriel, but it looks more like Finnegan. But basically, Gabriel, uh, because as I said on part one, the media, the, the Italian investigators like leak everything to the media and pretend like it's, oh my God, how did they get that? But they send it to the media. Basically, there was an image um, of Gabriel Natali, and he was handcuffed and blindfolded on a chair in the police station. And this, of all things, caused an uproar from Americans and the family not what they'd done this so depending on whose story you believe he was like that for around four minutes to an hour and the police said he was like that for four minutes so that he couldn't see the computer screens or that they had the news up or information about the crime or anything like that now I actually believe that that he was only there for a period of time um i don't believe that his story that he was there for an hour because he has been proven to be an angry liar so 5 months later basically the police officer who put the blindfold on gabriel he was charged with abuse of office and i don't know what happened to him so they did take that seriously now a video also leaked of gabriel in this position in the blindfold handcuffed i don't really see the issue he's handcuffed which would happen anyway like what's the problem that the little boy can't see? What's the problem? So this video leaked where basically, and I do understand that this is unprofessional, but there's someone in the background who's in the police station, who's saying to Gabriel as he's blindfolded and handcuffed on this chair in the office, quote, Hey boy, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? What's your name? And Gabriel seems really out of it and confused. And he says, what changed? So I think that he's pretending that he doesn't know Italian, like, because I don't know if this guy's speaking Italian or whatever, but at multiple periods, Gabriel, who was fluent in Italian, would say that he didn't understand the police, what they were saying when they approached him, Mario and his partner, before he was killed. So again, you know, lies. But I think Gabriel is so tired and they've barely had any sleep from their days of partying in Rome that this guy is saying it in English and Gabriel literally doesn't understand, you know, what he's saying now. I've been at that, like, where I've barely been able to speak because I've been so tired. Now, this officer also asks about a location of a sweatshirt that Finnegan wore during the killing that they didn't find, which is what I talked about, like, earlier, because he doesn't have any blood on him. So, ultimately, they would find out that this police officer who's asking him these things in this video is Andrea Variali. If you remember from part one, he was the same officer who Gabriel had fought with just hours before in the piazza and the partner of Mario. Um, so basically, the biggest witness in the case. <laughs> had this free range access to Gabriel in the police station and this would be a point that the defence team would raise at the trial. Now, I will say that's really unprofessional and he never should have been near him, um, but I do think regardless of what happened, they would have been found guilty. Now, I think it's Finnegan's um, lawyer in America because they got lawyers in both America and Italy. Craig Peters, this guy's an asshole, and is, you know, a defence lawyer who's defending this kid, so what do you expect? But he started immediately saying that basically the results from the autopsy and they had an image of where the wounds were on Mario, it basically supports Finnegan and Gabriel's claims, which I actually don't at all understand how he could possibly say that. So I'm going to read you his quote, quote, If it's an immediate attack, this is what you do with a knife, he said there 's there 's no stab wounds on the front of Cerciello's body they 're on the side there 's one under the armpit there 's a couple in the back. Crciello was on top of Finn and close to him, which would again if you 've got somebody close to you you 're not going <clears throat> you 're not going like this you 're trying to get them off you you 're stabbing like this, which would be consistent with the stab wounds that we see in Cielo, Unquote. so you know, it's a transcript from a video um, and he's showing. Now, I don't really understand this because basically Variali's story is that the two men rushed the cops thinking probably that they were thugs who were coming to collect on what the guys had done earlier in the night. So the version of events that Variali says pretty much proves that he's right as well. He says that they were started, just attacked the guys and started wrestling with them and trying to kill them. Um, So sorry, Craig Peters, but you... Don't make any sense. And of course, on the other side of that, <clears throat> the prosecution can prove that the autopsy results and the whole story of what happened with Variali and Riga proves that the guys rushed them. That's why they were on the ground. You don't usually find cops wrestling with kids like on the ground over a backpack. So keep that in mind. <coughs> Now, Mario's funeral was broadcast live on TV, and it was held in the same church in which he married his beloved Rosa down in Naples. Thousands attended the funeral, and his cap and sword were, you know, placed, and he had a guard of honour from the carabinieri, and there were so many people, so this is how important it was to people and how much it affected them. Now, one of the issues that they would later bring up would be that Variali would come under question by his own police after this event because him and <laughs> Rega did not have their guns on them. Italian police are armed, like, and they were in plain clothes, but that, they still had to have their guns on them. But they'd left them behind. They hadn't bothered bringing them with them. And I think that's another... As long, As much as it looks unprofessional, it's another tip in their cap of the fact that Variali is telling the truth of what happens. Basically, they were just really laissez-faire about the whole thing and had left them behind. So the police obtained surveillance from all over, but one of the things that the American lawyers have an issue with is that they got them from all around that square, but they obtained footage from a bank that they never released publicly and they never showed the families. So the families think that they're holding this back because it shows a different side of what happened. Um, the Italian police say that there's nothing on it as there was nothing on you know, other CCTVs. You really only see shadows, so there's no point them seeing it. Now, more information came out about the guys um, and their behavior in Rome leading up to this. So, there was a Snapchat that was on Gabriel Natale's account, because when this happened, Snapchat was really big. And he sent it to his friends from Italy in pretty much the day before this killing, um, when him and Finnegan were partying. And in it, he's holding a knife, and it's a picture of him. And the caption is, unfortunately, sorry, unfortunately no straps abroad. Now, straps is slang, street slang for guns, which I didn't know. But then he continues, quote, but this baby saved my full pockets today, unquote, which implies that he had used that knife, whether it's a different knife or the one that Finnegan, we know, had bought from America through his travels in Europe, which really angers me. It proves in this caption that Gabriel had used this knife in the last day in Rome and whether or not he had had another run-in with a drug dealer or he was himself trying to rob someone I don't know but I just want to tell you what his parents say they say that this isn't Gabriel in the Snapchat so there's a lot of denial going on now the men were charged with in they were charged with homicide of Mario extortion basically for what they were doing to get they were saying we want the drugs and we want our money back and then we'll give you the backpack that's extortion assault obviously what happened to Variali um and Mario leading up to the death, resisting a public official and carrying an attack style knife without just cause, which is the knife, the combat knife, the K bar that Finnegan had bought all the way from San Francisco because he so needed it on his travels. So many backpackers across Europe who are thousands on any regular year, just millions crossing each other. I wonder how many of them have knives. I'm guessing probably one in a thousand. And unfortunately, those ones are looking for trouble. So I guess you're confused about why Gabriel was charged with the murder of Mario. And I will explain. So if you are part of the crime that results in a murder in Italy, you yourself as well are charged with murder. And I know that sounds tough, but I think it's a great thing. I know in the States, certain States have the felony murder charge, which is the same. And I remember a case and I can't remember who it was, but a bunch of kids broke or teenagers broke or young adults broke into someone's house and robbed them. And it resulted in one of the kids who were breaking in being killed by the person who was defending himself. And the person who was charged with that murder was the friend who was helping break in. And I think that more places should have this. It will deter people from being, you know, an accomplice to crime. And I know it's tough for Gabriel, but as someone wrote in the comments um, on an article, choose your friends wisely. This is a good lesson to learn. So the two were held in prison for over 18 months before their trial began, which was just in March this year. It was kind of put off because of COVID and things like that. But ultimately it started and then they heard all the evidence they were kind of in, I guess, a jail before they go into a prison. Um, if they were found guilty, which is the news that broke. So I'm going to tell you what happened just a couple of weeks ago. Shortly, Finnegan learned fluent Italian, which it's harsh, but the most common comment on articles is it's a good opportunity to learn Italian. You would have to learn fluent Italian at this point, but it's a pretty accelerated learning program if you go into an Italian jail and need to understand people. So. In a court hearing in September just last year, Finnegan apologised. And I honestly don't think this is um, from the heart at all. I think he knew that he was facing a life sentence, which he the prosecutors were asking for. It's the harshest sentence you can get in Italy. And I think he was crying tears for himself when he was saying this, but I'm going to read it to you. He said that that night that he killed Mario Cerciali Riga, he... He said it was the worst night of his life, quote, because I took a man's life. I took a husband away from his wife. I broke a bond between brothers and I took a son away from his mother. I'll never be able to forgive myself for this. And I don't expect Mr. Mario Cercielli's family to ever forgive me, although I truly hope one day they will, unquote. I don't buy that at all. Um, he's got crocodile tears when he's in jail constantly. and He's crying for himself. So yes. So Gabriel, though, there's something really scary about that kid. His eyes are like black. He has no reaction. Finnegan, to his credit, is actually the more emotional, phys- physically emotional one. I want you to, if you're a patron, after this episode, look up the post I put for part two for Patreon for this episode. And just there's something very dark about Gabriel, which his friends who knew him throughout his teenage years um. Would have noted, and i 've read you a few of those quotes there 's something not right about that kid there 's no reaction, and his eyes are just there 's nothing, nothing there 's nothing there so the trial. During the trial, the men were held in steel cages, which is kind of at the back of the courtroom. You've probably seen this in a number of different countries, like in Russia, but they actually <laughs> hold them in like glass cages there. Um, now, when the jury was sent out, the men were allowed to sit at the front of the. Caught out of the cage with their lawyers, so the jury consists of a main judge who was Marina Finiti, which is a woman. Um, it's a sec- then a second judge, which kind of this happens in some countries. They they kind of tell um, the first judge and help them with the law and applying the law, and then there's six jurors in Italy. So before the jury went out, Elder was seen saying to one of his lawyers, "quote unquote, I'm stressed." Um, at another point, there's pictures of Finnegan and Gabriel kind of talking to each other. Um, and they, uh, Finnegan's wearing a crucifix and he kind of kisses it and holds it up for Finnegan, um, for Gabriel to see it. This is the first example of them believing in a higher power, you know, anyone's ever seen. And according to most comments, most people agree with me that this is all part of the ploy to make them look like, um, because Italy is a Roman Catholic country, to make them look like they, you know, believe in something. And I think both of them are troubled young men. So they deliberated for 12 hours, the jury, which isn't very long, before they uh, delivered their verdict. And the verdict came at 11.30pm on the 4th of May, I believe. It was just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to tell you what they were sentenced to, which caused a massive shock for a lot of people. But from thousands of comments online that I've seen, I have seen probably two people who didn't agree with this verdict and it came as a shock to people. So this is what I've been holding back. Both of the men were sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Mario Cercielli Riga and they were found guilty on all charges that I read out earlier, including the extortion and the assault and carrying the knife and the homicide. When it was read out, Finnegan, you know, bent over and kind of puts his hands on the desks and starts crying. Gabriel does not react at all. Now, a life sentence in Italy is generally life and that sounds really harsh, but They are usually withheld for gangsters and the mafia and um, attacks on judges and things like that. It is the harshest prison sentence. There's no death penalty in Italy Um, and they don't guarantee parole. So in America, they would say you can get out after 20 years, you can apply for parole. The two young men, the general rule is that after 21 years, they can apply for parole, but that's not guaranteed in Italy they could actually do their entire lives in prison and some people say I was reading that the way that they've killed a cop and all of that it looks like they'll probably do a minimum of 50 years and I honestly don't think either of them at that point will be in great health. So I I personally think that because they killed a police officer, I think they're probably going to be in prison in Italy for the rest of their lives. Italy's justice system is supposed to be based on rehabilitation, but not in the sense that Scandinavia's is. It's not all cushy and things like that. The prisons are pretty fucked up. Um, many are uh, sentenced to life in prison are often released after 20 years, but they often haven't killed government officials like these young men did. And I understand that it's tough for Gabriel's family to understand because he didn't hold the knife, at least during that murder. We know that he was obsessed with guns and knives and all of that, but he was a party. Basically, the court said that Gabriel gets a life sentence as well because he's the one who spoke Italian. He was on the phone organising this extortion attempt. He had basically set it all up so that Mario would ultimately be murdered. And it sounds harsh, but I believe that both men are exactly where they should be. As the defendants were ushered out of the courtroom, Finnegan's father called out, Finnegan, I love you, which people in many comments I found found completely disrespectful because Rosa Riga, Circello Riga's widow, was sitting in the courtroom and she was holding a picture of um, Mario and she was being supported so she could stand up by <clears throat> his, Mario's brother. Um, and she was absolutely sobbing. Now, if you are not a patron, because I will put these pictures of Rosa in um, Patreon, if you're not a patron, I just want you to Google um, Mario social Riga is widow or Rosa Riga, um, Rome. And I want you to really look at the pictures of Rosa Riga's face. Her, she's probably got my problem that when you cry so much, your eyes are pretty much kind of fused together and they're so swollen, you look like you've been bashed. This was recently, so it was almost two years after he died. This is, it has destroyed her life. She looks utterly destroyed and I, this case is one of few that I struggle to look at pictures of her because I can see, I can, I can see her pain. Like these pictures destroy me. So I want you to go and look at them. Now, the, there was a statement released from both yeah, um, from Gabriel's family um, very soon after. And they said, quote, our family is astounded that Gabriel was convicted without a shred of evidence against him of a crime that he did not commit. We can only hope that the appeals court will make its decision based on the facts, as opposed to the prosecution's unfounded arguments and therefore recognise Gabriel's innocence, unquote. Now, in that, they're completely ignoring the actual law that says that if you're a party to a crime that results in a murder, um, you are found guilty. So that's kind of the ignorance of that article and they really just shouldn't have made a statement at all. Let Rosa have her fucking moment. So then Finnegan's American attorney, Craig Peters, released a statement and I'm going to read this to you. It's quite lengthy. Quote, on the record, I am confounded by this verdict that lacks both the reason and compassion. It lays all the blame with two young boys while holding blameless the carabinieri who failed to follow basic police procedures, which had they been followed, Would have Circielo Riga with us here today. This verdict makes a mockery of justice by believing an incoherent story professed by an admitted liar and then compensating that liar with an award of 50,000 euros while subjecting these boys to a sentence that is reserved for unredeemable career criminals that commit premeditated killings. The message sent by those judges is loud and clear. Those in a position of power, the carabinieri and the prosecutors, can lie and mislead and they will not be held responsible. Those accused can tell the truth and acknowledge their own part in wrongdoing and they will not receive credit for doing so. This is a sad day for those Those for holding those in positions of power accountable. This is a sad day for justice. I look forward to having the appellate court with experienced, rational judges objectively review the facts to determine a just outcome in this case for these two young boys. So I just want you to kind of sit on that for a second because I hope your blood is boiling as I read that as well. Firstly, this is coming from an American attorney who doesn't specialise in Italian crime. It's the first one. Who doesn't operate in Italy and he's telling the judges that they're all liars, which is disgusting. Secondly, he's pretty much saying that Sociello Riga, Mario, his partner, Variali, is a liar, um, he, that he didn't deserve the compensation that he got for the attack that happened. Um, and he's basically saying that the entire system is fucked and that these two proven young men who are liars are the ones telling the truth. I don't even feel like giving him I didn't even feel like reading that or whatever because he just sounds the part where the part where so I hope that you heard that about once a year my cat Yoko decides that she's fucking hates her sister um cinnamon and they have pretty much like a standoff, like an old Western for about two days. And then they're back to cleaning each other and loving each other. And right now, unfortunately, we're in that standoff um, and they just started attacking each other. Now Cinnamon's in a different part of the house um, and Yoko is, and they've both got their things in different parts of the house. So they don't need to see each other, but Cinnamon wants to be near me and I'm in another room while I'm talking. But they are fine. Um, it should stop in a few hours because I've been through this for about six years. Um, two female cats are really like bitchy. Cool. But it was the perfect time for them to do that because that's, that hissing is pretty much how I feel about, um, Craig, Peter's, So the entire thing obviously has drained the life savings of both Gabriel and Finnegan's families, which it would. You have to travel to Italy, pay lawyers on both sides of, you know, the ocean. Um, And the two pretty much, as many people wrote in comments on articles about this case, they threw their lives away for 80 euros. Most people would see it as a lesson learned and just leave it considering they're rich kids um, who are being propped up during these European backpacking trips by their parents. But they decided to take that, you know, 80 euros and exact revenge. And I think it was because they were two little thugs who'd been acting out how hard they were on their social media. And they wanted to show how hard they were in person. Unfortunately, um, I don't care if they thought that Mario and his partner were you know, standover men who were looking for them. Um, I actually believe Variali and Mario that they announced who they were. This They weren't looking for mass murderers. They were literally just called to go and get this backpack back. It wasn't like they had a axe to grind with these two young men. Um, later on, there would be a quote from Gabriel, which would pretty much prove that they were liars, that they were speaking in Italian and he didn't understand them, which is a lie because he speaks fluent Italian. So, I hope that you understand just how fucked up this all is. Um, as someone wrote online, it's tough for Gabriel, but it is a good lesson for people, not him, because he doesn't have the opportunity to make this choice anymore. But choose your friends wisely. I have, you know, I kind of was always able to determine if someone was bad for me, but I've seen people, you know, get in with people who are both kind of as toxic as each other and it 's just you know a recipe for disaster, and i don 't really understand why there 's any focus on this supposed drug deal and what happened. Finnegan Elder is a murderer, and he stabbed someone eleven times now i can 't do this right now, but there was a case in the States where someone was stabbed or attacked three hundred times, and the judge pretty much hit their fist on the desk for every time just to prove how long this is now one stab wound would make sense if you were being attacked by someone to get them off you. Finnegan stabbed Mario 11 times, pretty much all through his side. I believe that Finnegan and Gabriel attacked them thinking that they were gangsters looking, you know, to fix this deal that had gone wrong. Um, and I believe that, you know, they attacked them and they were completely just Blindsided Variali and Mario. Um, I don't really care about this drug deal. I I believe what I believe, and you're entitled to believe what you want to believe. Um, I don't know if the two are in the same prison in Rome. There's been no update on news as to them being transferred to an actual prison. But these two, you know, young men who were 18 and 19 at the time this happened, and this was a couple of years ago, they were posting on their social medias how fucking hard they were with their you know gangster rap and their knives. their guns and driving their fucking Mercedes. And it's sad, but they're going to have to be hard asses now in prison because things are not going to be easy for them. Um, It seems all agree, you know, that Finnegan is guilty, but the main debate is on the sentence. So what I want to do is I just want to quickly read you out a few comments from the Daily Mail. Um, There was about two and a half thousand comments on the article when it said that the two men had been sentenced to life in prison. Um, So I just want to read you a few. Now, I read every single article and there was probably a handful that were against the decision and most of them thought it was an incredible decision. So here's one. This is someone from the west coast of the United States who clearly kind of knew people in this area. All the two young men, back in high school, they were known as rich, entitled punks. Not surprising where they ended up. Here's one: We are going on holiday. You are going on holiday to a fantastic country, rich in culture, sights, and people. And you think to pack a knife? There is something seriously wrong in that alone. Or once that. Once they're by one, same comment. I cannot understand their reasoning. Mind you, the elder guy seems the real crook here. Unquote. Now, this is people who, not like you guys now know the full story. These are people who just have the overview, um, but they bring up a lot of really good points. Here's another one from Texas, United States. I can't believe people are excusing their actions and focusing on the drug deal. No one gives a damn about the drugs. They would have done time and been home. The drug deal was one thing, but they shoved a knife into someone 11 times. Why were they walking around with a seven-inch blade? Not a seven-inch knife, a seven-inch blade. Here's another one. Sticking a knife into someone several times takes a certain level of commitment and a cold-blooded attitude. These guys were not nice or good people. Here's another one from a Canadian. Rosa Maria Asilio will cry for the rest of her life just because these two stupid goobers wanted to get high. This is not a case of everyone suffering. The only person suffering is Rosa Maria Asilio. Her husband is dead and those two are just paying for their crime, unquote, which couldn't have said My sentiments any more clearly. She is the only victim that is left behind in all of this, and that's what I believe. I don't believe that the two Gabriel and Finnegan are victims, and I don't believe their families are. Sorry, but your sons are still alive. Here's another one. Hey parents, get on your knees and apologize apologize to the Italian people for your loser kids in the U.S. for raising trash that went abroad and disgraced this country. Here's another one from the Philippines. Why on earth go on holiday packing a knife with a seven-inch long blade? and the victim was stabbed 11 times with it. It takes an evil type of savagery to be able to stab someone that number of times. Here's another one I really like. Even if the police didn't identify themselves, let's look at the punk's actions. On holiday in a country they don't speak the language of, or least claim they don't, went to buy illegal drugs, got ripped off and ticked off. Instead of walking away feeling stupid, they go back. They argue and steal the bag. They run from the cops. They blackmail the dealer. They show up with a knife meant to kill. This is not a butter knife. They kill one person and injure the other. They flee. Every single one of those things is inexcusable before knowing it was police officers boy bye spot on here's another one to almost wrapping up this is someone from London this crime upset many in Italy especially Naples as the murdered officer was from there and just married for a month before they better pray that they don't meet any Neapolitans in prison they never let things go Another one, absolute fools. A friend went to Amsterdam and got sold talcum powder and aspirin by a dealer, but left it as a lesson learned. Plus, who takes a knife on holiday? Unquote. So they were all the top ones with the most likes and pretty much zero down votes, And some of them have, you know, 2,000 upvotes. So I think the general consensus as expressed in all of those is that just looking at it from an outsider's perspective and not going deep into it, these kids deserve what they got and they are where they should be they should be. I firmly believe they're exactly where their lives trajectory was heading. Um, and who knows if they get out in 20 years, they've learned their lessons. They could just be further hardened by prison. Um, but you know, it's just like any case that I've covered where people go overseas and commit a crime. Um, you're going to face the full extent of the law. You're not going to be treated differently because you're American or Australian or whatever. Um, So that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know where the two guys are. It only happened a few weeks ago and thankfully there's been no further press on them since um, because I don't want to hear arguments about their appeals. They'll get automatic appeals. Um, Basically, people don't understand lawyers and the families and friends of these people, why they got... sentence that's reserved for mafia and I, I really pity them if they don't understand that these two guys are still alive they can still talk to their parents probably daily they get a phone call or at least every couple of days Rosa will never speak to Mario again she'll never hear his voice she'll never see him getting ready you know in the morning and he'll never walk in the door and say you know hi love when he comes home and that's pretty much all that matters to me So I hope that you kind of enjoyed and got something out of this timely case. I'm interested to know. um, I know quite a few of my patrons will have a pretty hard line on this. They probably won't really care too much. (laughs) Um, But I'll be back next week with a patron location request. I'm back on them. Um, I'm not sure who it will be yet. I will let you know, probably Stephen. But I will get there because I've got quite a few. Um, So visit the website. It will be back up next week my domain has lapsed and I really don't have the cash to get it back up at the moment unfortunately it's like $50 which is too much for me at the moment because things aren't good um but it will be back up next week when I get paid um become a patron at download the Patreon app and search for unknownpassagepodcast.com there's tiers right up until you know $10 10 euros 10 whatever um Yoko's chewing in the background on her dry food that's currently next to my bed because she's imprisoned in here for the time being um leave a rating or review if you like the show or whatever. Um, and yeah, email through case suggestions to unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com. I've got a couple of emails that I've received from people recently that I've intended on reading out, you know, shortly because they've got really good tips on for me on how to pronounce like certain things that I can't pronounce. There's certain, there's certain languages and accents that I just can't write my tongue around. And sadly, even though I studied it in school, I think Italian is one of them. I can kind of get the whole French, you know, you know, thing, but I can't get the. Um, I always sound like an Australian, like when I do it, um, sadly. And I am like that when I speak, like try to say Spanish words as well. So um, maybe I'll try German. I don't know. <clears throat> the way that my throat is at the moment, I'd be really good for German. So um, it's almost two o'clock in the morning. I will leave you be. I will talk to you soon. Become a patron and join the community because I don't currently have Instagram, nor will I be getting it back. And love you all. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.